0: back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Mando Mondays here on the Wrong Theater and the 610 Podcast Network. This is your host, Stephen O'Malley, joined alongside by Aiden LaCourie and Billy Bruno. I mean, where where do I start? Like, where where do I go from, from here? That was definitely my favorite episode of the series, just because it was just such genuine Star Wars. And it was no surprise. It was Dave Filoni. It was there was success predicted from the start with this episode. Um, it ties in Clone Wars, Rebels, you know, the original trilogy, um, and the the prequel trilogy. It was just genuine good Star Wars and it was a it was a fun episode. Uh it furthered the plot, as we like to say, all the time. Um, it opens a lot of doors. Don't really know which ones we'll see. They explore in this season because this is, you know, as we've said before, this is a, you know, this is three and four. There's seasons three and four uh, still left to be explored. But overall, just a a tremendous episode and just so well done to bring uh, the animated characters to live action again. They've done it twice this season and it's just been awesome to kind of just be along for this ride. And uh, seeing Ahsoka live action was so cool with the white sabers um the white sabers sounds like you have a list. if you're saying lightsabers, the white sabers um that she has were, were awesome and the storyline was nuts in 42 minutes or whatever it was but this was this episode has so much to break down like this is this is an absolutely nuts episode and I just want to get your reactions before we get into all the crazy doors that need to be explored yeah I
1: uh I would say that was not only my favorite episode but probably the best one yet um, I was really interested, as we discussed on last week's show, is how is Ahsoka going to be introduced? Is it just going to be a little cameo? Is it just going to be a little flash? Like, wh- what are we what are we going to see? And it was dope um, how they literally just put her right in, right in her element, introduced right off the bat in all her glory and all the action, and just they went balls to the wall with her uh, first appearance in live action. There was no waiting. There was no brief sneak peek there was no tease it was just it was from the opening get it was just Ahsoka action I guess I was how I would phrase it so I love that introduction I thought it was perfect and as you said we'll get into it but there's so much to dissect just a, a brilliant episode just all around greatness.
2: Yeah I definitely think that this was the best episode of the season so far because I think it meshed bringing in Star Wars characters perfectly with the Mandalorian in its own kind of realm and storyline. And it was different than the previous two episodes with, like, merging the Star Wars aspect into it because you didn't have the Stormtroopers. You had different elements of the Star Wars universe that were explored, which I liked because it shows you that they're capable of, doing that and connecting back to the franchise in different ways and this episode just created so many doors that they're going to further explore in this season and throughout the course of the series I I really liked it a lot of some action at the end to blend into the great storyline yeah to me this was a home this was a home run best episode of this season
1: easily the cinematography was great there there was really no flaws i would say with this episode like i think you're looking at high 90s for me in my grade it just was really no flaws
0: um the one thing that that we should point out with the cinematography is dave filoni did uh he show run uh avatar the the last airbender the animated series and took a lot of uh you know influence from the early japanese uh george you know. lucas did too so that's what i'm saying like this was a this was a total connection to how george lucas was inspired and how uh, avatar was inspired and there's like you know i mean it's not it's not stealing it's more imitation but the, you know there's scenes from i saw a few images of you know japanese produced movies you know samurai films um you know the one on one showdown and it's a direct there's direct references to the those movies in this episode like literal shot for shot one-on-one you know panning and it was really cool to see that basically this is back where we all started like this is George Lucas did this and Filoni kind of just is back to the the status quo of Star Wars like this is what we're coming to look for like this is what we want uh it's you know it's very different from how they did uh the sequel trilogy um which is you know it's a mixed bag some film goers love it because of the way you know it incorporated modern film but it really really distanced itself from you know og star wars as uh people like to say but the thing is with this episode i'll start with with the what i feel is the smallest element that we need to bring up and that's tython the planet that ahsoka told um uh Grogu and Mando to go I mean that's, we'll get into that's that's the smallest point
1: I'd say is just his name we'll get into it. Uh, that's the smallest point we need to discuss I wanted to know how you guys felt before we discussed Tideland. what do you think of Grogu name just, is not going to stick but it, I don't think they could have given it a single name I don't think Baby Yoda could have gotten a name where everyone's like oh like that that's a good name for him I, everything would have just sounded odd
0: I don't really care I didn't really like it didn't it's indifferent I'm indifferent like I he's still just going to be like hey kid we got to go like he's not going to be like hey grogu like he kept saying grogu grogu and then the reactions were really the re- funny the reactions of both him and like his voice and uh grogu's reactions to it being like oh that's my name you're saying my name instead of the other words you use that I don't really understand I I'm indifferent I, like it doesn't I don't hate it I don't love it I don't care I don't think it's. Uh, I guess that is probably smaller than Tython, but that that for me is Much not in-
1: smaller than Tython.
0: I don't think Tython's that. I think Ty- I, my theory on Tython is is pretty brief, but like Grogu, it's what it is. I, I'm fine with it. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I don't really love it. I don't
2: hate it. I kind of wish it was something with a Y, just to kind of continue on with Yoda and Yaddle. <laughs> like maybe you could get. I don't know. Like a Yaddle. Yiddle or... Yiddle? No, like yeah. Yiddle would have
0: been awful.
2: Grogu is
1: fine if we're tossing out
0: Yiddle. Yeah.
2: I mean, I'm just brainstorming here. I'm
1: Yams.
2: Just something with <laughs> the just like, call just them just Yams. to kind of keep the consistency. But Grogu's not bad. Uh, it was a big episode for Grogu. I love the reactions um, whenever someone said his name. And I just I with you. I think the Mandalorian is going to start calling him Grogu instead of... He clearly recognizes
1: didn't. him. I just I, I'm with you both. I'm like I, I wasn't opposed to it. I wasn't for it. It just my rush was like any like giving him a name is just odd because like he's just always been the child. I was Yoda, reading that kid. he's just like a nameless person.
0: John Favreau. Like
1: it was be Baby Yoda?
0: Yeah, but John Favreau wrote his name as Grogu in the script for the first uh The first like he he had decided for the first episode of the first season that it was going to be Grogu and then he was like to Dave Filoni figure out how he can talk without having him talk and that's why it had to take so long. Um, So the plan all along was to call him Grogu for me I don't care like it doesn't it doesn't bother me I don't I don't love it it's just funny now it's another element to yeah. his i mean that's his character development you know we we discussed a couple episodes back that you know are we going to get some character development and slowly but surely we're learning more about him and we know about him now you know with the whole you know uh thing at the, the he was trained at the jedi temple um he was taken and then his memory gets dark and obviously the memory gets dark is when they were taking his blood and all that stuff but the thing with Tython, we'll get we can get more into Grogu later. But the thing with Tython is that's where I think the tractor tracker beacon comes into play. Like Grogu's gonna have to reach out. And I do think either Ezra, Luke, uh or Kanan, Jarrus from uh Rebels will reach back uh to him. I do think someone is going to reach back, uh, to Grogu on top of the mountain, but just like just as he's about to c- really connect with someone, I think uh Moff Gideon's going to show up sort of thing like I think we're we're going to build up to him getting to the top of the mountain and then he's going to reach out Jedi will reach back but I think it'll be foiled in in Moff Gideon finally using the tracker beacon that he placed a few episodes back so that's but my thing with Tython is Tython is, is a planet from legends um it's a it's the former home of the Jedi not Jedi the jedi was a different faction of force users so it's, it's a whole it's kind of like octu in uh the the sequel trilogy like it's a force sensitive planet um other than that it's not a really it's not a very important place but you know i think i think this is where they use the uh the tracker the the, the, the from the previous episode like oh Mouth gideon has the tracker beacon boom they show up right right when things are about to go right like things go too right and then boom the empire the pseudo empire shows up but tython i think is just gonna be a a little bit of a battleground
1: well i think tython is interesting because it's believed to be the first uh, the home of the first jedi temple there's clear connections to the jedi so it's clearly setting up for mando and grogu to interact come across communicate find another jedi um,
0: like I do think someone's going to reach back when he so reaches out.
1: Do you think it's going to be a living, or do you think it's going to be a force ghost? Like whatever
0: both. That's why I listed so Ezra, Kanan, dead. and Luke. Yeah. So do I you, do think it's. I think we're looking at living, right? Is I feel like living is it, so when limited.
1: You look at living. There's only a couple, but Ezra. If we'll get into Thrawn, but if Thrawn's alive, then Ezra's. I, I, Ezra would die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a girl yeah. feeling though that Ezra is going to make an appearance in the Mandalorian at some point. Like I feel like they're slowly setting that up. Um, you have Ezra, Luke. I'm not familiar, but who's the video game character?
0: Uh, Cal Kestis. Yeah, I I know nothing about them. I don't know. He, he is can... canon, so he counts. He is totally implied. I know he's canon, yeah. but I've never in the game, I don't know. I so I read the plot. I read like I, I'm not going to buy the game. It's that simple. I'm not buying the game. But I read the like the you would do the story mode, like you uh-huh. would play that. I read. So the the last thing is you see him around the time, uh, right before they blow up the second Death Star. Like he's watching. Like he can see it. Um, he's a he's basically Kanan. He survived. He was a Padawan who survived Order sixty six and kind of just ran off on his own, uh-huh. um, being hunted down by the inquisitors. It's very it's basically of another Kanan and Jarrus who is who is alive at the time potentially of the first season of Mandalorian. So he's there's definitely some,
1: those are the three though. Those are the three who I'm pretty confident are the ones
0: yeah that are alive. Uh, and Ahsoka says in this chapter she's like oh there's not many of us left.
1: There are certainly some. So Yeah,
0: there's a few. I would say the ones who will be able to reach back like in terms of how many could reach back, I would say outside of those three, if they bring up someone, we, you know, we don't know. I mean, one theory I watched star, I watched star Wars theory. He was like, he gave the three names I gave. And, and he included Calcas. He also included Mace Windu. Like we don't know about Mace Windu. That would be crazy. That would be maybe a little too much um, for them to do in this season. What are the odds that they introduce A new
1: character. I wouldn't because so I wouldn't be opposed. You could go. Billy's mentioned and we've all talked about drawing from um, the animated series or the novels and bringing back characters. No, but at some point, I wouldn't like. I think they have the ability to branch off their own and find. They just can't
0: be. They just can't be super powerful because then everyone would be like, "Where were you during the Galactic Civil War?" And then, and then, why didn't you show up? in the sequel trilogy so that's where you run into big problems i don't think it happens but no i know i know what you're talking about that could be- i do agree that at some point you know it'd be nice but then you know they've the the lesser for me the lesser like like the what am i trying to say like i don't like the sequel trilogy they screwed up but like if they want to bring in a new character it sucks that they already have this whole bug by the sequel trilogy where if it's a new character, they clearly didn't exist in the sequel trilogy or they die in the Mandalorian. Like they didn't like, like I don't like the sequel trilogy, but like if they introduce a, a brand new character in the Mandalorian and they don't have them killed off, they would be like, oh, well, why didn't they have them in the sequel trilogy? Like that would have been, that's a tough explanation. That's where they run into problems. Like the future is already set for them. Yeah, but Ahsoka didn't exist in the prequels. But she was in, like she, was, she wasn't a new character. She was from the animated series. You're talking about, I'm talking about a brand new character. Yeah, but Ahsoka was a brand new character in Clone Wars who didn't
1: exist in the prior movies. Like, where was Ahsoka during? Um, like, she was never
0: she was a Padawan, like she was in the... Yeah, no, but there
1: was no mention of her. They just kind of added in that space, I think. I just it.
0: think they run into, they're going to, if they bring in a new character, they run into a little bit of trouble that their future is already set. That's my main
1: point. not. You never know what could happen. They could work on it. It's happened many a time. Billy, who would you want to see?
2: I mean, obviously you guys know a lot more, more of the characters than I do with all the TV shows and... I'm really, my knowledge is confined to just the movies. So, I mean, I, I don't know if I would want, I would like a ghost, you know, or I think Maze Windu could come in at some point just because I've seen a lot of rumors involving him and technically he's still alive, right?
0: He's not dead. Like that's...
2: But yes, that would mean
0: alive. Like, <laughs> But like he, he also could be... For, he could be a force ghost at this time like he could have reached so if i you know, had a guess and i would like to see him come in
1: as well as well in some capacity so he would be my pick yeah i mean i think it's between python such like a minor the planet itself maybe but the the plot no the reaching out is huge the avenues that it's going to explore i don't know if it i i wouldn't be surprised if this episode's kind of more of a, a smaller one and then seven, I agree. Yeah. With uh, a Jedi,
0: but the the thing, one thing I could definitely see, and this definitely fit, definitely fits along the line, with how they create this show. I could definitely see him not physically be able to reach out. Like I definitely could see it's like not there, mentally it doesn't happen, and then they have to go, they have to run because the empire is coming. I could definitely see that happening, like a failed reaching out. Like he was, he's his, like Ahsoka said, his. He was hiding his powers to survive. Maybe he's not strong enough right now to be able to reach out. Um, maybe someone reaches out to him. I think it could go both ways um, because they could feel his, maybe his powers are kind of coming back and they could kind of feel his presence in the force. Someone who's, someone who's dead, like a ghost, like Billy said. A ghost could reach out to him because they feel his presence growing as he's remembering how to use the force again.
1: My one last thing I just realized also that I'm going to go back real quick, and I just want to ask you. I, I don't know if I want a new character introduced in this point, because that feels like a, like a seminal, like a very important, like needs to be iconic kind of moment, reaching out. And kind of a new character, I feel like would be a letdown of sorts, like you're anticipating, it's like, huh? But my only thing that at some point introducing, for example, a force sensitive character is, can't you say the same thing about Grogu? Like how he wasn't...
0: That's uh, true. Like,
1: like yeah. he's a completely new character who wasn't featured in um, the sequel trilogy. And you could ask the same thing about him. So I and we didn't have an issue with that. So I, I don't think introducing a new Force-sensitive character at, at some point in the show is a, is a bad thing at all.
2: Do you think there's a possibility of at some point down the road, we're gonna connect Baby Yoda with some of the Jedi that Luke was training? They talked about in the sequel series
1: um steve i mean you heard steve's whole theory i would if this show really continues to grow into the larger star wars universe it it should be at some point in the next couple of years them connecting to luke it's the only logical step but it kind of depends on how wide you want this show to grow because it originally started just kind of like the the nitty gritty side of Star Wars that you don't normally see in the movies. But the way it's going, this could very well in my eyes. I guess my point I'm trying to say is when we think about the Marvel shows on Disney+, Plus, you're hearing that it gets the movie budget, it connects to the movies, right? You didn't hear that with Star Wars, this, the Mandalorian show, it was just kind of its own offshoot thing. But the way it's growing and morphing and becoming this broader Star Wars storyline, I wouldn't be surprised to see it become more and more like a movie itself and connecting to the, the movies themselves. So no, I would not be surprised, but I wouldn't expect to see that for a couple of, a uh, couple of years, but
2: yeah, that's what I'm about saying, it. but I'm thinking eventually, are we going to get Ben Solo as a, as a kid?
0: It, it wouldn't make sense if you bring up Luke that you would leave him out. That's, that's my thing with Ben Solo. Like and see, let's say, Luke reaches back because he's totally building his Jedi Order at this time. Like, if he reaches out and wants to get Grogu in his the school that he was building or the temple he was building, um, it wouldn't make sense to leave Ben Solo out since that was clearly his main focus. Uh Like, Ben Solo can't just be excluded just cause. Like, you don't want to get it. You don't want to get into that. Like, he he'll he'll have to be in it. What time period it's at? Because it we're like 25 happen. years away from when yeah. the First Order blows everything so, up. Oh. Like, I don't like, would be like
1: a kid? Like, like he,
0: five or six or seven?
1: He wouldn't, I don't think he would be a major plot point. I think it would be more like a. They kind of, if you know Rebels, when like Luke and. The,
0: Luke, Luke runs at, p- past the. Like in Rebels, he runs back home. Yeah, yeah.
1: More of like a like a tease. Yeah,
0: that would be that would be good actually. And I I figured they they won't have like Ben Solo lightsaber duel Baby Yoda, like that like that would be oh, no really, no I'm not saying, cool.
2: saying that's gonna happen. I just
0: no, I hope it doesn't. Really, but like, Stone,
1: which would be absurd.
2: And he's kind of the only new character from the sequel series that I would want.
1: Yeah,
0: me to
2: too. in any capacity. Yeah,
0: I agree. He's
2: I don't want, I like, like. an Easter egg with anyone else. Yeah, I agree. think he's the only
1: one who could, like, legitimately connect that, too. Because Rey he- wasn't, wasn't anyone, and Finn was uh, a random...
0: Stormtrooper kid. So,
1: like, the only... I mean, and uh, Poe is still a kid. There's no logical point to having them connect in this timeline other than Ben Solo would have a legitimate connection. But I feel like talking about Luke... We've already talked about Tython and the possible Jedi. I think Rogu's storyline, which we talked about, is do they further They they really didn't. I wasn't expecting it. I, I was content with what we had, but they really finally explored his backstory. That, um, as you mentioned, he's not a clone. He he is his own thing. But even more than that is he was on Coruscant. He was part of um, he was a he was a Padawan, and he survived Order sixty six. And the big takeaway from that is. That itself, to me, wasn't – it was It was awesome to hear. It was great, as I said, to learn more. But in the larger t- terms of the story, I feel like it wasn't much. The big point is who saved him and, and hit him.
0: Yeah. that. Is it Mace? Is it Obi-Wan? I think it's Ooh. definitely Obi-Wan. I'm going to go – my thing with this, and I think this is where they really choose to keep it brief, I think they explain it as Obi-Wan and Yoda went back they knew where to look for him like they knew they hid him like he was hidden away by let's say Jocasta knew the librarian like they knew if this were to happen prioritize him like hide him away they knew where to find him but the reason Obi-Wan had to Obi-Wan got him and Obi-Wan had to let him go because it became time to go save Luke Luke was the chosen one like Luke Luke took priority over him they hid baby Yoda away and then he was taken by the the pirate gang that we see him with in uh the first literally the first episode of The Mandalorian, but I think they keep it simple in that Luke took priority over him and they just hid him away and told him to hide his powers, like don't use the Force, and then unfortunately he fell into the wrong hands. That's I I don't think I don't think they go. That's where I think when they said uh his memory goes dark like he was saved by someone his memory goes dark i really think they're going to keep it at that i think that's an important no and i hadn't really dived into it really but and bill i'm interested
1: to hear your thoughts i guess what you're trying to say is the who saved him won't become a plot point within itself rather than it will just be explained kind of how we learned um grogu's backstory
0: just be, a, I just think that's yeah, the kind of a flashback Obi-Wan. sequence. Oh,
1: it was Obi Wan. This person sits and then that's it. it there was it.
0: a plan. They saved um, him, lost him. Luke, boom.
1: Yeah. I mean, Mace would be a convenient. Um, Mace Windu is the only one who I think would make sense if he shows up because that's a clear plot point where they can establish why Mace Windu like comes out of hiding or whatnot. He he reaches back to this person. I don't know
0: though. It's very which convenient. would be nuts. Like if Mace Windu shows up alive, not ghost, that would be crazy. And they totally could just like talk about, you know, bringing technically he'd be a new character in this time period. He was just hiding like Obi-Wan was. He was trying to achieve the force immortality. But I'm I'm, I'm wavering on the side of they have introduced a lot, but they keep that fairly minimal in terms of delving into it
2: when do you do you think we're gonna get baby yoda reaching out in the next episode or is that gonna be in a couple because we only have three episodes left
0: i know Uh, you
2: gotta think that um at the um, what's left of the empire they're going they're coming back in pretty soon
1: if i had to guess i'm just gonna go based on the template of last year though they've already kind of deviated that but i feel like those seven and eight are going to be the fireworks once they get there I think episode I, six is going to be like something along their journey, or like, or maybe we'll just have the tease of they finally reach the like the, the beacon or whatever. I
0: I think so, I don't know. I'm gonna All go time. with. Here, here's here's my thing. Uh, this is my prediction for six, uh, chapters or episode six of the season. I think they get to Tython, and I'm just I'm just predicting it's a it's a mountain. They're going up a mountain. I think it takes a majority – they do some Mando, Baby Yoda character building. It takes a while for them to get up there. They finally get up there, reach out. Let's say – I'm just going to do, for example, reach, Luke reaches back. As Luke is reaching back, you hear the, like, TIE fighters flying in, like, all sorts of stuff. And then, like, Moff Gideon found them, end of the episode, like, sort of thing. But, like, Luke knows where to find them sort of thing. Let's say he does reach out in this
1: episode. I, I think all my fears would be alleviated because it shows that they're just comfortable now with really furthering this plot. Really again, just kind of
0: just going for it.
1: They're going, yeah. They yeah. this is finally we're in the Star Wars universe. This yeah. is yeah. This is this isn't just a. here look at these little stories of the underworld. This yeah. is like, this is an impactful show now.
0: One thing I wanted to with your point there and another point you made, like this if they do that early on next episode like if they literally just have him reach out and someone reaches back i think they've totally shifted from the oh this is just the mandalorian to this is our version of what marvel's doing like i think that will signify for the next couple of seasons the or the next couple episodes and the next couple seasons that they're like hey look what we're gonna do this is our universe sort of thing like we are in it what's so great to me about this and
1: steve you mentioned after our first episode is all this talk with um, we'll get into Thrawn, Grogu's backstory, what Jedi, what further Jedi could we see, and it, it's so funny to me, is Boba Fett's literally still out there too, and that was, we thought, might have been the biggest plot points, or just uh, things, uh, uh, not things, just plot points, or um, episodes, well, I, storylines, and he, you, Steve said your theory was that we don't see him again, that's looking likely, but could he make an appearance, like there's,
0: I mean he could literally just show up and with the slave one and blow shit out of the air. Like he literally could out of, out of nowhere because because it's logical. He's in the universe. Like like that's the thing. And you have Bo Katan still. They could all just show up. I think like, I mean I mentioned about the plot points.
1: I think it was what a couple episodes ago when we were talking about I brought up that this show is starting to balance a lot of different storylines. That's still happening, but I feel like these storylines are growing in importance and scope. Which is really, but
0: but we know that like when they when they bring in Ahsoka, Bocatan, Boba Fett, we have a very clear picture as to what they were doing to get to this point. So we don't even need to go back to talk about them, and we barely are going to need to go forward. So when they just kind of appear in and out, and they come in and out, and they save the day or they do this and that, that's okay. We know that they're capable of doing that based off of the story that has already been told about them. Like we are now just in the baby Yoda Mando storyline now. Like we know the backgrounds of all the characters, but now we're just exploring kind of Mando doesn't have a storyline. I kind of don't think he has a journey. The journey is to work with or work, bring back uh, Grogu to wherever he can become a Jedi. But like now it's kind of shifted to the only story we're going to worry about, is two characters that are new, and that's one is Moff Gideon, the other one's Baby Yoda. Everyone else's story, we know. We know the answers. Basically, we know 85% of the answers to the older character's story, and now we're just kind of focusing on two little storylines. I thought we had too many, and now I think, I don't even think we have too few, I just think we have two opposing storylines, Moff Gideon's and Baby Yoda's going forward.
2: Yeah, I think Moff Gideon's going to play a big, big role in the final three, just because... I mean, you've seen him for, what, two quick scenes so far this season. I was kind of expecting him to be in the season a little earlier in a more prominent role than we've had. But I think that this is all flying up to the fact that Moff Gideon will get his hands on Grogu, and then that's where the season ends. Like, I think we're going to have a whole year to wait to find out how Mando is going to get, grogu back and who is he going to team up with to make
1: that happen yeah i mean i mentioned it multiple times is that the only way the storyline like really moves forward is when grogu eventually gets captured it's like, a logical step and I, billy i agree with you i think
0: they have to lose
1: the exact opposite of last yeah, season when
2: otherwise they... it's not a four season yeah. show i mean yeah. you can wrap this up next year i mean Fall into a- I mean, I think you could technically wrap
0: it up this year. I think if, was right, they lose. I think they they up
1: the exact opposite from last year, when last year the last episode was them surviving and they escape. This yeah. year, that's going to be the cliffhanger. Yeah.
0: Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. Empire Strikes Back. They have to lose. Yes. Yeah, so- and and this is a this is a production team where I do think they recognize the need for loss, like the think- like. A lot of people lose in the Clone Wars that Filoni did, and in, in Favreau's some of Favreau's movies. There's a lot of recognize of the need for loss. I think there's no fun when you win all the time. Exactly, you know what
1: happens. I think Moff Gideon is a good transition point, though. Maybe our last topic that we'll get into today. But is Moff Gideon the big bad, or is Grand Admiral Thrawn, who Ahsoka name dropped, the real puppeteer? That's massive. Um, obviously, Steve's. We were talking, Billy, right before the game, that's a top five Star Wars character of all time for Steve, but originally introduced introduced in Timothy Zahn's books, made his appearance, first appearance on the screen in Rebels, was a great villain. Um, dude, that, that name drop was, because the whole- I
0: episode, screamed. Did I tell you guys I screamed?
1: That's such a Steve reaction. Yeah.
0: I screamed, and my mom said, "What's wrong?" And I said, "They brought in my boy." And like, she- what
1: kind of scream are we talking? Like, like a, a yell, like a sports, or like a
0: like a. Sh- ah! It was. It was like a. It, it was, was a, a genuine. A it was a genuine moment yeah. of utter surprise, and it was. It was a. It was more of a, a, a yelp. I screamed – like I, I. It was a high pitched, like freaking out sort of like I was genuinely like shocked. Like, my jaw hit the
1: ground. Oh, Mom!
0: Now, see, I just, before you guys
1: oh.
2: get fully into it, I want to say, like, I don't know this character because I haven't seen Rebels, obviously, but I knew it was a big name drop because
0: they, 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 did, a whole, they did the whole pause with her right in front of her. Oh, the, the music changed. Yeah.
2: She's saying who's your, Matt, boss? Yeah, like, yeah. your boss? And th- she wasn't saying the yeah. name. And then when they're fighting, she name drops and I was like, "All right, that's definitely a big deal." I don't know how much of a big deal it is. funny. One of my I was is.
0: I was talking to two of my friends from home. One of them is on Aiden's I, and I's level of like understanding. The other one just likes the movies and watches the Mandalorian. And he was like, "Who's that?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I just don't know how to explain it to you." See, like I I, I, I I don't I don't, know I don't how to explain my excitement. That's the thing. That's then, what I, was
1: I don't think you care, but the way this show has gone where i originally didn't anticipate it to kind of rocket so fast is where i'm starting to get a little bit worried for you as someone who i don't know your clone wars but didn't watch rebels and has a low understanding of clone wars which isn't a bad
0: thing it might be starting to hurt you now and i didn't
2: agree there's certain times when we're going over these shows where you two are just talking and i'm like i can't contribute i mean i'm gonna
0: go into my throne theory and i think you're gonna be a little lost and i'm like i here's the thing who wants to take a
1: Darth Vader level bad? Like he is just the ultimate tactician. With, with, the,
0: intel- with the intellect of like Professor Xavier and like Spock from Star Trek. But see, like I get what genius. they're doing
2: because they want you to watch their other shows that are in the Star Wars canon because they want everything to then connect and force you to have to watch them which I totally get and it's working because they're going to eventually force me to watch Clone so, Wars and Rebels.
0: One thing I, mean, I fear... One thing I fear that they're going to do, and this is what happened kind of with Rebels. And I'll, you know, the thing is, it's Disney, so they don't really care. But like, they build up this show in the first season with minimal ties to anything else. Then they, you know, throughout this season, they slowly sprinkled in old characters. This is the same thing that happened in Rebels. It was kind of like an FU to the kids in seasons three and four when they just kind of let Filoni get the keys and do whatever he wanted. I think. This is following the same path of like, oh, we built this brand new Star Wars show. It's on its own. And then we start bringing in characters of old. And then they're going to get to a point where I fear they do it. But again, I wouldn't care. I'd love it. Where they're going to just fully blown say, we don't give a shit if you watch it or not. This isn't for you anymore, but you're still going to watch it anyway. We're going to throw in all the characters from Clone Wars, Rebels, prequel trilogy, the original trilogy. If you didn't watch any of that, the hell with you! The show is no longer for you, but they know you're still going to watch it just to follow Mando's storyline. That's one thing I fear they're going to do. But to me, it doesn't matter. But to the general viewer, that gets a little troublesome when they just get overly fanboy.
1: I mean, it's going. It seems as though it's going down that path too, because you're it's interested- it's following
0: the rebels track. Rebels did the same
1: thing. But like, the more I think about it, I mentioned I'm like starting to like really like it's probably, like, if Thrawn is going to have an impactful point as he probably, because you don't just name drop him. That's just not a, like, that is going to, like, Rebel Rebels and Clone Wars might need to be, like, a required backdrop for you. But what's interesting...
2: is Season 3, I think, yeah. Because there's no way I can get through all that before the end of Season 2, but in between Season 2...
0: I don't think Thrawn you'll have to learn before Season 3. Like, I don't think...
1: Thrawn's a like down the line. Like yeah. Thrawn is a Thanos level villain in terms yeah. of like he's gonna be like teased, teased, show up maybe briefly season three, and then like way down. Yeah, I
0: mean maybe the last episode you see, you know, the blue you see the, the figure and Benedict Cumberbatch turns around, looks beautiful as Thrawn. It's a whole thing and then, Do you
1: think
2: uh, it's actually him? I saw what you said. Are I you said finished?
0: that's just a it's just a fan. That was a yeah. fan thing. I don't think it's Benedict Cumberbatch, but or you know who I really want it to be for being serious, Tom Hiddleston. Like, like the
1: what? what Feloni and Favreau have been great at is they listen to the fan casting.
0: They do, so,
1: but I mean, I mean but there's Dawson. so many, there's yeah. so
0: many for I mean, Rosario Thrawn.
1: Rosario Dawson was casted. It's got to be a like yeah. a, a sharp face. Yeah,
0: you need the jaw. If you don't I mean, have the, 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 the two square fans, jaw,
1: Mads or uh, one of his
0: brothers, either of them work. You know, Lars is the voice of Thrawn. Yeah, so he Is it how many? Mm-hmm. I don't know how many brothers there are there. Well, sh- Mads can't play him because he played. Galen or so. So he's out. Do we care? No. I don't. I don't. But people I, would get upset. No, no, the thing no. is that you need the square jaw at yeah. the bottom. You need the okay. square jaw. Aiden LaCourie. Aiden LaCourie. You never know. The thing uh, is... The last
1: thing, though, I wanted to say real quick, Steve, was with Clone Wars and Rebels because I think you eventually might watch it just so you have a better backdrop. A, Steve mentioned, but it's really interesting to see the first seasons in both and then even the second. It's just like a Got kids level show. Yeah. Look at these little like isolated plots, learning about life lessons and connecting. And then it get as, as the show ages, the age of the audience needs to shake. Cause it gets very like right. adult level. And
0: Clone like, Wars just starts killing people. Like, cl- like people just start dying in the Clone Wars in like five through seven. And you're just like, how are you going to tell a six year old that like, this is okay. It's
1: kind of like Harry Potter. Like yeah, it is. Off, and like they, as the viewer ages, like. They they grows the show
0: grows. There's there's no firing cool. squads in rebels. Like they execute villagers. Like it it goes from like oh this is on Disney XD to like oh you've got thirty five year old men waiting in line for their you know Admiral Thrawn action figure because they love how much he just kills people. I mean, uh,
1: but it's like so interesting how it it just the plot and Mandalorian is getting that way. How the plots go from very isolated on their own to. The world not only connecting to the the expanded universe and you have to know to understand but also like the scope of the plots greatly increase but let's turn it back to Thrawn. Steve I've been waiting for days to hear your
0: theory so I've spent since I told you about me having one I've spent days tweaking it and I think this is where we go like, this is I, I really think this is it's I think this is the only way they can go Um, I think it's sort of a so I don't think Moff Gideon reports to Thrawn I think Thrawn is his own faction building his own empire sort of not building his own empire just Thrawn was power hungry and a genius I don't think he was as loyal to the empire as he was to Palpatine he was just kind of executing a goal so now I think he wants his own sort of uh, pseudo empire on his own but I think the long or the short of it is – and I, there's not a lot to go off of, so I don't really have in-depth detail, but basically my theory is it's a, it's a triangle scenario. You have Gideon, Mando, and Thrawn, all – like the, that whole faction. You have Mando and the good guys. You know, I like to call them morally ambiguous because we don't really know if they're good or bad. Then you have Moff Gideon, who I truly believe is trying to replicate the Empire. Like just just let's get this shit started again. And you have Thrawn, who I think is just focused on power, and whatever way he can get power. So I think they have a sort of triangle of fates almost. Like everyone's sort of looking for the good, like their own good, greater good. And I think Moff Gideon's is pure empire, uh, Thrawn's is pure power. And I don't think they're I don't I think they'll know each other. Like they'll probably have crossed paths. Um, but I think and then you have Mando and the Jedi basically. Like the good guys, but not really good. Like I don't think the New Republic really fits into here at all. But I think it's a triangle sort of setup. Like I don't think Moff Gideon's. I originally thought it was like Vader kneeling to the holo, the hologram of the Emperor in Episode Five. Like Moff Gideon kneeling to Thrawn. Like I don't think I don't think they're they're on the same side. I think they're after. The same thing but in different ways like they both want power but Moff Gideon's like you know long live the empire Thrawn's like long live Thrawn I want power and I really don't know if we see Thrawn in this season at all I actually don't think we'll see him at all um, I think he'll be a major element in the last two seasons I think this is a Gideon storyline I think we see Gideon's sort of uh I don't know a little three episode run I really don't know what they're gonna do with him but I think we see his little three episode run. Other than that, you know, I don't have any other thing, other takeaways from this episode, I don't think. Besides, one thing we got forgot to mention with Ahsoka was Mortis, the owl who follows her around, um, was in the one shot of Mando and Baby Yoda trekking through the forest, which I thought was really cool. But other than that, I don't have anything other, anything other character insights.
1: So I think we are short on time, but per usual, I want to hear your guys' scores, so Billy, we'll start with you. What was your score for this episode? An episode that maybe you didn't understand the little inferences, but still good nonetheless.
0: Undeniably good.
2: Yeah, some of the little inferences I definitely did not get. I understood that there was some importance to them, but I didn't understand the meaning for some of them. But, again, like I said, this is my favorite episode of the season. It was the best episode, easily, of the season. I'm going to give it a 91. Um, in the 9, it's tough to get above a 90 for, from me. So 91 is by no means like a smudge on its record at all. Um, the reason why I'm not gonna give it a mid 90s or high 90s because I feel like there's something better to come down the road with them with some surprising reveal or a stunning death in some episode that's gonna blow you away. And those are the absolutely crazy TV episodes that I love. But this episode connected different elements of Star Wars together perfectly with Mando and Baby Yoda. It opened doors for Baby Yoda. And it was different from the other episodes in Connecting Star Wars 2, which I really liked. So, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong by any means with this episode. I just think that there will be some things... In the future, where it could elevate it even more, just with that surprise element, so you could get in a great TV episode. So, in '91, they hit it out to the park with this one. I was very, very impressed. It was a lot of fun watching it. And I'm expecting more episodes of this quality down the line. Maybe not as much in this season, but I have big things expected for the next two.
0: I'll follow the same logic as Billy. I'm going to give it a 94 because I think the 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, even a perfect score is out there for the episode seven and eights of each series. Like I, I'm not going to give that high of a score for an episode like this, but I definitely think as Billy said, like they, this is a good enough episode to stand on its own, but it leaves you, it leaves you wanting more. And I think we know the show is capable of it in the episodes of seven and eight. At the end of each series, uh season, um, I, I'm waiting. You know, w- for the reveal of Thrawn. I think that episode will get the 10 out of 10, 100 out of 100 for me, because that will be an all-time Star Wars reveal, like just in general. Um, and I think a lot of fans will think that way. But I I do agree with Billy's logic. I, they're leaving the door open for better episodes even though this one was so damn good. Like I'm expecting, I'm not necessarily expecting the next episode to be better. Like it it could be on par. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not anticipating being blown away. Like if Luke Skywalker is revealed in the next episode, that's crazy, but I don't, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. I think the next episode will probably be on the same level, maybe a little lower, probably a little shorter in time, but I'm waiting to be blown away by the seventh and eighth uh, episodes of the series.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with both you guys. I still think it's an excellent episode. I gave it a 95. I just think it was stellar all around. Um, the action scenes, Ahsoka's um, great live action debut, the little teases to Thrawn, Grogu's backstory, um, the cinematography, the setting, I thought it was just brilliant. 95, because I think there are better and bigger episodes down the line, but 95 is a fair score.
2: I think this is the first time where we've all kind of been on the same page. For the I episode. mean,
0: when they make a baller episode, I feel like we're all able to recognize when they hit it out of the park. And I, I, I do – my closing thought will be I'm expecting to not be blown away by the next episode. Like, I'm, I'm thinking it's on par. I think I'm, I'm going with, like, a 38-minute run time. Like, I'm thinking this is going to be – shorter kind of like the fourth episode of the series uh season like kind of low-key sort of episode and then kind of explode though i did i share the tweet with you guys about the the, the set designer he was like be, be prepared to be blown away by the last three episodes i i don't really know how much you can take from that um i feel like they, he should just say that in general he's don't, he works for the company i feel like he should just be saying that about all eight um but that's something to take into consideration. He he did say that. Um, but other than that, you guys have any closing thoughts?
2: Just real quick, I would like to say, I would agree with you that out of the next three, I would expect six to be a little bit more low-key than seven and eight. Just, just based to, off the because, logic. Right, exactly. So I'm not going to be disappointed if I don't get something crazy revealed to me next episode just because I understand why the... They would say that for the last
0: two. I've I've matured in my beliefs uh, on on. I've now understand TV through watching a few other TV series. The thing is with Star Wars, when you set the bar high and then you bring it back down, you, you start to run into the the sequel trilogy problems where you build up all this stuff and you give me crap. But I understand that the way this is flowing, I actually there's there's a clear pattern on runtimes uh, in this series as a whole. Like it goes 47, 38, 47, 38 um, or 48, 39 sort of. So there's a, it's funny. I was looking at that earlier. I'm expecting a shorter episode. I don't know who directs it. It wasn't It wasn't leaked like Filoni's was. Like everyone's like, oh, this is Filoni's episode. Um, I don't know who's doing it. That definitely takes into account as to what the episode will hold. Um, but so that will do it for Mando Mondays. Um, stay tuned uh, for our regularly Uh, scheduled weekly broadcast of The Wrong Theater. So for Aiden LeCory and Billy Bruno, this has been Steven O'Malley for The Wrong Theater and the 610 Podcast Network. We'll see you guys next time.